3: Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 283, episode four of Your Daily Day production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into American shared consciousness, and it is Thursday, April thirteenth,
1: mm-hmm. twenty twenty-three.
3: Mm-hmm. Guess we're. Does that mean we're one month away from a Friday the thirteenth?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Well, no, not the way... Uh, not I don't a, know how twenty-eight day. It's got to be a 28-day month near miss. for that to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, It's also National Scrabble Day. And National Near's Day. Wow, I remember that when we were talking about that last time. That seems like two weeks
3: ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Jack O'Brien, A.K no we don't want labels hmm. labels are for guys who will not get our money hanging with my boy Pol pot on a super yacht <laughs> doesn't make us nazis don't you write mean words words of a certain type of adjectivity just because thomas got flied on harlan crow's ride doesn't mean conspiracy uh, that is courtesy of rizik no scrubs Ooh. coming from the discord shout yeah. out to you shout out to the people no labels party having the balls to just go full fuck boy on it (laughs) we don't want labels
1: yeah leave us
3: alone i'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host mr miles graham me
1: and clarence clarence thomas we got a thing going on. But it's much too strong to recuse yourself now. Uh, that's Billy Pauls, me and Mrs. Jones. Uh, just We got to keep up the Clarence Thomas, Harlan Crow stuff because the Atlantic, wow. The we're Atlantic not, came through and was like, what?
3: nothing. What? It's I so... can <laughs> if everybody who has a signed copy of Mein Kampf is a Nazi then I mean what what's gonna happen what's gonna, then,
1: then what I what's mean next it, I like how that there's this this piece ended with being like look I have friends and they know my heart. And they know I'm not racist was the take, and they're like, and if you don't know Harlan Crow, don't start casting aspersions just because yeah, yeah. he's really into Nazi stuff.
0: Okay. The person
3: started off the defense of Harlan Crowe being like, I've been to his house and had cocktails and canapes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, so you're a trustworthy, non-biased source.
1: Oh, of course, of course. Anyway, you don't that, know him, you know.
3: <laughs> that Atlantic <laughs> article
1: is definitely worth a read. By a, yeah we'll, wait, 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 grad, we'll have to talk about it probably yeah eventually they continue to defend this. miles yes we
3: are thrilled to be joined in our third seat yeah. by a director documentary filmmaker and podcast host whose new podcast high strange yes is a fascinating exploration of one of my favorite topics on this show when It Drifts Through the National Shared Consciousness, Aliens, mm-hmm. he's also the co-creator and host of the hit investigative journalist and true crime podcast Up and Banished and Atlanta Monster.
1: Please welcome
3: Paint Lindsay. Hey. What's
1: up, guys? What's, what's up, up, man? Peyton? Welcome. welcome.
4: How you How's doing, it going? Man? Yeah, what's up? I'm good? doing
1: well. How, how you guys doing?
3: We're doing Great. all right. Doing we, yep. we had a little hiss on the line as we were starting this, and we assumed it had something to do with your appearance outside of Area 51. And
4: Yeah, you know. these days, you know, my phones are probably tapped at this point, so you yeah. guys might be uh, a victim as
1: well. I'm sorry about yeah. that. I'm yeah. already probably on a watch list for the amount of stuff I downloaded on BitTorrent. So <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, when you were like yeah. in eighth grade. Oh, yeah, yeah. and 15 and minutes forget, ago. Yeah, 15 FBI minutes ago, runs. even. Yeah, I don't have showtime, but I got to watch yellow jackets, you know what I mean?
3: <laughs> You're on a watch list for people who like uh Hallmark Christmas movies just a little <laughs> bit too much. Yeah, they're like something like, from this, something's this, wrong with this guy. this is weird.
1: Why is we he pirating just, those?
3: It's not really like we're worried that he's going to do something, we're just fascinated
4: how <laughs> yeah, why is probably he pirating?
1: Like serial killer? We should probably <laughs> <Yeah. just>
4: look
1: <laughs> more into this.
3: He's created a new profile.
1: Where you uh where mm-hmm. you coming to us from, Payne?
4: I'm in Atlanta.
1: All How about right. you guys? LA. LA. Yeah. We're okay. out here. I awesome. love the I love the recording booth here in a proper sound booth.
4: Oh yeah. This is uh it's actually in my house. This is like a small little whisper room I crammed into this one room in my house to be able to do this or Zoom calls without, you know, having to set yeah. up in my closet anymore.
1: Right, right, nice. right, right. No. I love that. Love that.
3: Awesome. Well, we're going to get to know you a little bit better. We're going to talk about aliens with you in our second act. Get your overrated, underrated, and all that in a moment. First, a couple of things we're talking about today beyond High Strange, your podcast, and just talking about your experience going from alien skepticism and you know UFO skepticism to at least thinking it's something worth exploring. We're going to talk big pharma, being big mad at a Republican judge that banned the abortion drug. We're going to talk about NPR bailing on Twitter, possibly, hmm. all sorts of shit. But before we get to any of the pain, yeah. what is something from your search history?
4: Okay, yeah, so right before, I was like, this could be, you know, suicide. What <laughs> What is the creepy thing I looked up? But it turns out it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> My last search was, bad gerard butler road rage movie Mm. i was i guess i was talking to my friend about this horrible movie i guess we saw a trailer for a new gerard butler movie and i was like man you know he's a talented actor but he's been in some really bad movies in the last like three or four years and this came out so it's called unhinged and it's (laughs) okay or it's comically bad
3: this is a whole genre, subgenre of movies. This road rage movies, right? Like isn't there a Russell Crowe one? Or is That Gerard is Butler... one, yeah. Or is that Russell Crowe? Oh, it's the Crow? same. Got it. Okay, so yeah. Um, if you take They it... had the balls to put Russell Crowe and Gerard Butler in the same movie?
4: Also, I get this guy's confused.
3: Yeah. I was like, that's that's like a Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton like double header. <laughs> like that's that's too much.
4: Maybe it it's is Russell similar. Crow. It's funny how Google didn't even correct it. They were like, yep, here, to, you mean this? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that one, exactly. They're just like, oh, people, oh wait, it is Russell Crowe. No, <laughs> it, is, it is a Russell Crowe <laughs>
4: film. <laughs> That's hilarious that it, 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 it didn't even, like, auto-correct it it. Like, you meant this? No, it's like that. Right. Yeah.
3: And there's a new Road Rage prestige TV, Beef, that right. is, I'm hearing good things about. So I, get, I guess Unhinged is the main Road Rage movie, but wasn't there one with... Maybe Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Affleck or something at some point. I I feel like there was another road rage thing where people encountered one another on the road and, like, it led to a long, drawn-out thing. Or maybe I'm just thinking about Unhinged.
4: And (laughs) You guys look a lot alike. Hold on.
1: Yeah. No, it is funny. I think, like, it's, like, one of those things where like, Google's, like, it's close enough. Like, you know, like, when you misspell <laughs> you know, something, it's, like, showing <laughs> yeah. you search results instead for this word that you misspelled. Yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, because they are, yeah, when I first saw, like, the thing, I was, like, yeah, that makes sense, and I Googled it just now, and I saw, like, a like, a screen cap, and I'm, like, that looks like Gerard Butler, and I'm, like, no, oh, wait, it's Russell yeah. Crowe. <laughs> nope.
3: There's also a movie called Rug Ridge from two, 2000, but I thought there was another one. The and whole
4: I, movie, he's just mad in a truck chasing yeah. oh really it, like, like that is
1: it <laughs> is it just like a lot of like beating the steering wheel like am yeah. anchor <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> so did you did you see the movie or you just saw the trailer oh no i watched the movie oh uh, okay got it yeah. and then yeah through through all the information that you synthesize Slowly, Russell Crowe had evolved into. Yeah, like uh, I just saw
4: another trailer, and I guess now I don't know if it was Gerard Butler or Russell Crowe in the trailer <laughs> on TV, <laughs> like at a bar, like you know, it was on mute. Was right, like, changing
3: right, right. lanes is the one I'm talking about. That's a changing uh, lanes. That's a that's a Ben Affleck, Samuel L. Jackson Butler one. <laughs> no, <that's>, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, but we'll we'll uh, go ahead and assume Gerard Butler was in that one. Just yeah, to kind of... right, right, right. But it, it follows a successful young Wall Street lawyer, Affleck, who accidentally crashes his car into a vehicle driven by a middle aged recovering alcoholic insurance salesman Jackson, and then it becomes a he it's a hit and run and and things get ugly. So who's the
1: be. wait, who's the bad guy in this? The Wall Street Lawyer both. or the Recovering alcoholic?
3: <laughs> watch out for those Recovering Alcoholics. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we're I, th- I think Ben telling. Affleck is the bad guy. Got it. Got it. Okay. Guess, All right. Based on it. Right. I haven't seen it. But yeah. <laughs> interesting. Interesting subgenre that kind of seems to have hit the its highlight for beef based on what people are saying. Have you guys heard about beef? My
1: mama loves
4: it. I've been to it entirely in one day uh, on Sunday. Oh, Okay.
3: So you, you seem like you have some uh, a road rage movie interest. You're a connoisseur of this. Yeah, yeah. Something you, you got to go check out Changing Lanes, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us
4: know who the bad guy is. That does not scare me in the slightest. It's like, okay. <laughs> but beef is really good. Uh, it was amazing. I had no clue, like even like how to describe the show. It's a bunch of different things. Yeah, but the acting's amazing.
3: Ali Wong is such a good actor. And She's just, awesome. Not what she got famous for. First, she was a writer and then she did stand up, and people were right. like, Oh, damn, you're good. You're really good at stand up for she's being like, now watch a this. writer. And then she's like, Yeah. And also, I'm like an incredible actor.
1: Hey, go to the store and grab more hyphens because I'm <laughs> about to drop this acting role too of a lifetime. She's going
3: to EGOT God on all our asses. Dude,
1: it's wild too because my mom, unprovoked, she was over yesterday and she's like, Have you seen Beef? And I was like, yeah. No. I was like, oh, I... The Netflix thing? She's like, Yeah. I like, It's so good. You know, and Miles' mom's a film wow. critic. So, Well, but she's also the kind of person who doesn't usually, like, I have to ask her about stuff she likes. So when she, I think maybe she was just sort of like, oh, Netflix, what you will watch sometimes. Did you see <laughs> this good thing on it? But yeah, I'm, I'm hearing constantly how good it is.
3: I just caught up on Succession. That was my TV project. I was uh, watching Succession on my phone while watching the Lakers game. That's what my Talk media, about stress intake was like yeah <laughs> but it was good because i could look away from the lakers game when it got too stressful right they right yeah, yeah exactly and barely. that's that is how the filmmakers behind succession said they wanted that <laughs> show to be consumed is right on an iphone while a more important media event is happening behind it <laughs> right. they said it was their preference so you're welcome but how about them lakers Just oh quick. man Miles. Yeah, look holy shit like I said, we were gonna They're trying to kill us.
1: They they almost they almost did. I was I was also texting Sophie and Prop too, like on a separate <laughs> thread because we're all the uh, like toxic Laker fans yeah. together, yeah. and we couldn't we couldn't believe what we were saying. But anyway, more on that to come. Obviously, yeah. who do they play next? Uh, we're playing the Grizzlies,
3: which ooh yeah, Grizzlies are tough. Okay, Grizzlies hey, like Grizzlies. I said, you know I can That's go from this,
1: bad, and I'll just go like that. You know, in <laughs> case John things Marine change, and yeah, and so then with we
4: can just switch Moran on this one,
1: yeah. I think the, I mean, yeah, I don't I they for how their ability to win like by any means necessary is uh they is something have the home that court I court advantage too, right? Yeah pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. 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 So, Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. It could just be a stressful week altogether. Bronze anyway. gone braun though. We'll see. Yeah, exactly.
3: He did he did that last night. He bronze. Yeah, yeah, he did. What is
4: something you think is overrated, Payne? I think that in and out is extremely overrated. It's the second time this fucking week, is yeah. <laughs> it? You know, it's okay. Like it's it's, it's, good. it's okay. Yeah, I think that people from the East Coast, you know, going to LA for the first time or something, yeah. they're like, go Deified. in and out because like they don't have that over there. But you know, first of all, you're never in and out of there. <laughs> it's always extremely long lines. It's yeah. absolute chaos inside. Everyone's like, you get it, crazy style or animal style, whatever it is. It's like that's not even that's also okay.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean?
4: Oh, grilled onions and, and, and islands. and it's all good. But I, I could never say you have to go to In and Out. Like, okay, you tell me all the time.
1: So this is the second time someone has said this on this show this week. I'm, I'm glad that we're like beginning to bookend the week with an over and Out being overrated take. But I'm curious, right? Is there is there a burger that you've had that you're like, this lives up to the hype? Or are you sort of coming from the place of when you live outside of L.A., this thing, this you've heard tell of this place called in and out and it becomes like deified to the point that the expectations are just so astronomical when you go. It's like, yeah, it's just a it's step above fast food. Bigger than it is. It's
4: just it. It's not bad. It's it's right. simply what
1: it is. Right, 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 right.
4: Five Guys has a consistently dope burger. And the fries. But, I like, I love the, and I love their the fries, fries yeah, you know, Guys. Yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I mean, also, a just a burger eventually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I get that. If it's bad, then it's probably really bad. Yeah, if it's bad, the meat has gone bad. and <laughs> yeah, then it's the don't. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs>
3: I think the main thing that Five Guys has going against it, or uh, that In-N-Out has going against it is that, it's like the big missing piece of information that I think people leave out when they're talking about how good it is. It's so good for the money. Like you right. can't, for, for that price point, you can't get like that fresh ingredients like that. It's really good for the money. It's priced it's like, like a,
4: dollar, a right? It's still going to be like 14 bucks or something, right? I don't know. Yeah,
3: but compared to, like I, I think sometimes it's held up against like Shake Shack. Or even, like, Five Guys, I think, is a little more expensive than in and out Shake
4: Shack is also overrated, in my opinion. Yeah,
3: Shake Shack. I, I mean, I like and Shake it's, Shack. You know Shack what's so words.
1: funny? We had the reverse in and out effect over here in L.A. Because all the New Yorkers like, oh, Shake Shack, Shake Shack, Shake Shack, Shake Shack. And then when it came to L.A., people were fucking lining up for Shake Shack. Oh, yeah. And I remember eating and I was like, oh, this shit's good. I like the frozen custard actually better than the, the burger. Like, I was like, I like this thing. Like, Shake more Shack than makes the me
3: feel sicker than In-N-Out, like afterwards, <laughs> which is something I have to, like, I enjoy both of them going down. Shake Shack makes me feel worse. I probably enjoy Shake Old Shack Freese. more, but then I feel Freedus. worse after the fact.
1: Right, right, right.
3: But the thing is that, like, when people come from out of town to L.A. and get in and out they're probably not fully acclimated to the fact that everything is you know three times as expensive in los angeles (laughs) yeah i took my kids to disney world and i was like the prices here aren't that bad and that's when i realized that oh i'm just used to la being everything in la being incredibly expensive yeah Yeah, Yeah. so it's the prices here absurd for florida
1: right 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 yeah Yeah, i i think overall like i think maybe in and out just part and parcel of just the myth of california and los angeles too for people who are outside of it because like jack like you know our like our studios like in the heart of hollywood and like when i say hollywood i'm talking about hollywood boulevard which is different than when people say hollywood interchangeably with like this like
3: the glitz and glamour, this
1: like yeah like convergence of like beverly hills with universal studios like, literally like, hollywood like yeah like it up on there. the boulevard right and like all the time when we walk like when whenever i'm walking and i hear tourists walk by they're always like oh this is not what i thought it would be and you get that like there's like all this like there's this version of la that we all get like very passively because all the media that comes out of here but then there's like the very real like normal city of la and the emphasis that people put on certain parts there's always like a bit of a reconciliation that happens and they're like Oh yeah, okay. This is just like some older part of the town. Uh and then all the stuff I see on TV is where all like the wealthy people live that they want you to believe is Los Angeles.
3: But yep. just to compare prices real quick, the In N Out double uh double double burger is three forty five. The Wait, cheeseburger's When? when? Since that's when it,
1: that's right now. I don't know. That's
3: that's what it says on fast food menu prices. Yeah, but what <laughs> state is that? Right. Maybe maybe that's like the Utah In N Out but it's right. And then the, so that's what's officially listed on that website. And then on like the cheeseburger for five guys is eleven fifty nine. So okay.
1: It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I think it's pretty,
3: it's at least like half as expensive.
1: I feel like the combo is like around nine bucks or something, but then you get fries in a drink either. Yeah. Way. The
3: combo. Exactly. The combo is nine bucks, but that's still a fine price by LA
1: standards. tax right yeah yeah
3: and then twenty dollars when it's all rung up what is something you think is underrated pain
4: i actually think that nice socks are very underrated and when mm. i say nice socks you know like i feel like you know guys traditionally at least you know my friends growing up you just get just whatever the biggest pack of socks you could get for the the buck (laughs) for sure socks by weight until they break but yeah as an adult i've invested in some nicer quality socks Mm. and man i'll tell you it's a different way to live your life it is uh, you don't know what you're missing it feels like you're suiting up for business like (laughs) a nice thick pair of
1: just mm, it just feels good so well so your journey is from i'm the same way i would be like if like why would i buy a like i would i remember seeing a pair of socks like nice socks and you get one pair right and yes. i'm like no 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 i need at least it's a dozen socks by any means no <laughs> right. but also but that's the but that's my thinking too and i've definitely come to realize as i blow holes in like sock after sock because like i like grip my toes so much when i walk yeah, real that yeah. i'm like that the like the few times that i've like spent a little bit more money on a sock or like one that was more like activity appropriate i'm like oh shit okay but what's a wait? what are we, what are we talking like you're going merino wool you're going silk infused I'm like what, this co-
4: brand that i've been buying i mean you don't have to plug in okay, here but so yeah Adsome, adsum adsum adsumnyc.com okay That's how much they are they're not cheap but they're i mean you, you just got to try them on to feel it out 25 bucks
1: a a pair or something stupid i mean i've paid that much for basketball socks
3: i think i'm still like middle class with the socks there's definitely like the the hanes ones i grew up with i've taken a step up to like nike ones that come in packs of four maybe you know but not not individually i'm not buying socks one at a time by by any stretch (laughs) of the imagination unless they're dress socks but both socks and underwear. It's like I'll buy oh, man. a nice pair of socks and a nice pair of underwear. And then I'll try to just like just wear the like all the other ones just get relegated to the bottom of the drawer and I never wear anything else until those yeah. those nice ones start falling apart.
1: Do you do this thing like my underwear drawer is basically the exalted few that are at the yes. top of the pile yes. because they get the most rotation? If I go a few levels beneath that. Yeah, I'm looking at artifacts from decades ago, or things (laughs) that that's how mine used
4: to be. But like, I just, I, I just got fed up at one point. I said, you know what? I'm literally investing in nice underwear and nice socks. Yeah, I just got rid of those scary ones from. I don't know when, right. That don't yeah. match. It's like, this is probably my friend's underwear. I don't even know how I got
1: this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like my underwear right now looks like a ghost's prom dress. Like it's so like spooky <laughs> yeah. and tattered and like wispy and like used to be a white piece of fabric at yeah. one point. Even, you know what yeah. I, mean? <laughs> I definitely, I'm, I when I'm reaching that same point. Cause I kept looking at my drawer and I'm like, man, I use maybe 5% of the shit in this drawer. Yeah, I'm like, like I got to go scorched earth on some of these shitty pieces. When you guys travel, do you overpack your underwear? Yeah, I I usually do. I underpack
4: underwear for some (laughs) reason. Like, just assuming that you might shit your pants every single day or something. There's always yeah yeah, yeah, multiple times a day. I always add one for the just-in-case. I usually 5X, you know? Like, if I'm going for for five days, (laughs) I'm bringing at least ten pairs of underwear. Yeah.
3: And I, yeah, (laughs) I rarely shit my pants more than, like, a couple times on a trip. Right, yeah. yeah. But but you never know. Yeah. Yeah. You never
1: know. Yeah. The gotta be ready for anything.
3: Nice underwear and nice socks. I, I think that's very good
1: underwear. It's just so wild too, because it's such a like the adult thing to do. But for whatever reason, it's like probably the more I'm the most stunted as someone who's nearing 40 years old is mm-hmm. like gotta have those underwear that my mom bought me in college. Like, yeah. I don't, I literally have fucking underwear from, what is that, fucking almost 20, like 19 years ago. (laughs) Companies
3: (laughs) that have gone extinct. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: like, I'm like, head? The company that makes like tennis rackets? You used to hate that gift for Christmas. Now you're like, thank you. Because no people ever want to buy that shit. Yeah, Yeah, no, exactly. And now I'm like, oh no, like these old American apparel underwear from 2004? Yeah. Useless. Useless.
3: I got some American apparel tube socks floating around in my sock drawer. Somewhere,
1: like, and where were you at your in your life? That's what's like. It's interesting to think, like, what were you like when you are living in New York or something?
3: Yeah, dressing as Rocky Three for Halloween, I think <laughs> is where I got them. Beach scene, me and my homie dressed up as uh, Rocky and Apollo for the beach scene. <laughs> so,
1: uh, shit, he just uh, still, still got cold. him there. Yeah, yeah there's nothing like the carbon dating of your underwear door Of your underwear yeah. drawer. <laughs> All
3: right, uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we will talk. Aliens. We'll be right back.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies, so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop.
1: Is that gang, customers are rushing to your store, but do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it? And if you need to learn more, check out their website. It's super easy to navigate whether you have questions about how you can optimize your inventory or, again, looking for hardware to make sales easier. Shopify.com has all of that. Just go there. Check it out. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash TDZ, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash TDZ to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash TDZ. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new.
3: And we're back, and during the break we were talking about the movie, our our relative experiences with the movie Fire in the Sky, which is a kind of detailed, using the best special effects that they possibly could at the time, early 90s. I I guess not the best they possibly could, the best they could uh, with their budget to tell the story of an alien abduction that I remember it, it stuck in my brain. As, like, it's so weird that all six of these loggers decided to tell this story about their friend being abducted and, like, all seeing the same flying saucer in this clearing in the woods and and then they they were under suspicion for murder for five days and still stuck to it and we're just like nah like i don't know what you want want us to say but like we <laughs> we saw what we saw and then he reappeared and had this like one hour that he could remember out of the previous five days where it was like a very detailed experience on an alien spacecraft and yeah, I, it stuck in my brain. I also found a way to just be like, "Yeah, but it's probably bullshit." But it it it's always stuck there as like kind of, I don't know. Hey, Pain. I I I'm curious to hear about your experience because like my personal experience was going from. Aliens being the news story that exists on the checkout rack at the grocery store. And you, I think, even specifically mentioned that in, yeah, yeah, like, you in know, the as show. As a
4: kid, you saw those tabloids and you're like, ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: right. That that seems crazy. And then cha- like now I am someone who's fully just anything that seems, you know, trustworthy. I'm I'm diving in. I want I want to get all the details I can because of like all the things that have been declassified and but alien abductions have remained a thing where i'm like well that just like doesn't seem to fit for me like it seems i don't know it, there there's so many of them too that it, it seems like one of the things that i've just relegated to all right maybe more on that later once <laughs> we have more information on the uap the unidentified aerial phenomenon but what what was your journey like going from that grocery store checkout rack to like now being doing an entire investigative podcast into the phenomena.
4: I mean, as a kid, I just always thought this was a fun topic. Just the idea of, you know, wouldn't it be cool if they were real or we're not alone? Just, you know, that was a a fun thought to think about. But, you know, as an adult making an investigative podcast about this topic, as you said, like the last couple of years, the conversation's kind of shifted a little bit with some big news stories about Navy pilots seeing things in the sky and kind of just, I took more of like an analytical approach to the whole thing and really tried to, I guess, shake it all down and find what little nuggets of truth existed for real. And with the whole alien abduction thing, I think that, you know, most of those stories probably aren't literally alien abductions. There's so many other things like, sleep paralysis and stuff like that that could, you know, you could rationally explain a lot of stuff. But if you think that there is life on other planets or somewhere else in the universe, and they can come here to Earth from places so far away that we can't see them with our most advanced telescopes, then it's not, it wouldn't be impossible for, for them to do that. Right. And to get away with it.
3: <laughs> right.
4: You, and you them yeah. out of the, I mean, they're gone. See ya. Like you, we're not going to be able to chase you to where you came from. Right.
3: Yeah. That's yeah. Logically
4: possible. It's just a little bit more mind bending, a little bit more. I don't know about that. Cause it, it's, it, cause it sounds like fire in the sky, which is a, right. you know, an alien movie. That's, you know, based right. on a true story, but is it, did it really happen? And so the, the Hollywood part of it's kind of like stigmatized the idea of a lot of this stuff. And you know, there's not anything, I think, in, unless you experience something yourself, you may not be convinced ever of anything. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And you interview the person who the story fire in the sky is based on his experience. And he's still got the same story, still tells it beat for beat the same way. It just sounds like a very exhausted person who's like, I really wish this hadn't happened to me. Yeah. Like here's, uh, I'll tell you again, man, this is exactly what I experienced. And, but yeah, I mean, just taking it away from abductions, like pilots are the ones who get me. I don't know what it is about. It, It just seems like there's so many pilots who have seen weird shit in the sky. And you talk about this French report, with like scientists and generals and a lot of pilots uh, and just like things that they have known for years Mm -hmm. and i i don't know there there's that documentary i think it's called the phenomenon and they really lean on pilot testimony and these are pilots who fought in world war ii who went on to, like, be some of the first astronauts to go into space in the U.S. And they're like, yeah, I saw a flying saucer and, like, tried to chase it. And then it just, like, accelerated with no visible sense of propulsion and and flew away. And they're just like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want this to be true. It kind oh. of fucks, fucks up my credibility, but this is what I saw. And, and then, of course, the Nimitz, that, uh, the, the Tic Tac story of of the nimitz which is the aircraft carrier off of the coast of san diego that was just being kind of stalked by a bunch of those tick these tic tacs and the the 60 minutes actually talked to some of the eyewitnesses right
1: yep that's a compelling case would you say like because i know like to jack's point i feel the same way like the pilots are the ones i'm like well those are the people who are most consistently saying like I'm, I've not seen anything like this before and I'm flying around the sky all the time. And I'm very familiar with like flying aircraft or propulsion systems to the point that I'm baffled. Are they sort of like, do you see them as sort of like the sort of primary or the first people that begin to interact with it in the most believable way? Or like, how do you sort of process the testimony of like pilots or other people who have, like they're saying they see it firsthand outside of like a fire in the sky type situation?
4: I mean, I think the most compelling case that we could get in 2023 right now would be a pilot flying, you know, some of our most advanced aircraft, which would be some of the most advanced in the world, seeing something in the sky that their trained eyes don't know what it is. Right. And mm-hmm. they can pick it up on radar and they can see it. And that shouldn't be there at all. Like, no country should have anything that we don't know how to do, and I don't think that's even really possible. That'd be a blunder if, you know, in the past 50 years, China has advanced us by like 200 years. <laughs> 2,000 and lapped
3: years. us multiple centuries.
1: What a failed mission on us trying to keep up with the Joneses over here. Like, Right. Wouldn't that be such a... An am- such a uniquely american blunder too for the amount of money poured into defense so like uh yeah. they figured out like space shit already but yeah, yeah. you know, sorry go on
4: but yeah i think th- those are the most compelling cases because these people are trained they know what they're talking about and for them to be shocked by anything in our airspace you know you, you tend to want to listen to what they're saying and believe them and also they don't really have any good motivations for making it up because they're, you know, they kind of lose a little bit of credibility or at least they had in the past by bringing this up at all. And so, so a lot of people didn't bring it up.
1: Right.
3: Yeah. I mean, so the Nimitz is the one that made it to 60 Minutes. They actually interviewed two naval aviators who were in the same plane and like came into like visual contact with one of these Tic Tacs that was like, Kind of hovering over the ocean and like making the ocean froth underneath it, or like it was like coming off of something that was just below the surface, and then it kind of circled their aircraft and then just like shot off and it, at a at a speed that makes no sense, given what we think we know about physics that i th- I think a lot of people came away from that sixty minutes one <laughs> yeah i I think that entered our consciousness more than you know. Anything that has come before it, because sixty minutes is a pretty trusted, trusted name in news. But you, you told the Nimitz story. You talked about some things that I didn't know about it, like that it was multiple days. I I think maybe sixty minutes covered this, but I just like hadn't fully. It hadn't stuck in my brain, but that it was multiple days where these Tic Tacs were like stalking them, and then like they would be going to a place, and the Tic Tacs would already be there. So like they knew where they were going, which is really kind of spooky and yeah, interesting. They
4: knew their rendezvous point, which was secret information. It, yeah. Almost like they were just like toying with them or something.
3: Yeah. I mean, speaking of secret information, so that's another thing that comes up multiple times in the first few episodes of your show is like the reason for keeping it secret. And I, there, there's an interesting point that's made a couple times by different people that I think throughout the 20th century, we assumed they were keeping it secret out of knowledge. Like they were like, we have this knowledge and we're keeping it a secret because we don't think you can handle it. And I, I forget who it was, but somebody speculates that like they were actually keeping it secret out of ignorance. Like they were like- Brian we... Bender,
4: Politico yeah. writer. Yeah, but yeah. I think he's on, on the nose with that. I think yeah. that's that's the biggest misconception is that, you know, government secrecy, they're hiding it from us. They're hiding the fact that they don't know what this shit is.
3: Right. They're hiding the fact that they've seen the thing and they can't explain it.
4: They know a little bit, but they don't want to come out and say, hey guys, we don't know yeah. what this shit is. Sorry. That would scare people. For, or some people, that would scare.
3: So, I, my other thought is like for the reason for keeping it secret and this actually occurred to me most in that interviews that happened around that south african school where the children all saw the same thing and it it had been kind of i forget when it was but the, this documentary the the phenomenon goes back and like interviews the children as you know now young adults and they're like yeah we saw what we saw but the thing that had been left out of the story at the time was that there was also a teacher who could corroborate what they saw. So like it got explained away as like children making up stories, but there was a teacher who could corroborate it. And the military came in and were basically like, we will, we will make it seem like you were drinking on the job. If you kind of continue and follow through with this corroboration, like that got me thinking about like what, the motivation is for the military to actively try to keep this secret and it i i think it has to go back to at least partially to the fact that we for uh, up to this point like from world war ii up to this point have like existed in this paradigm of like it's called the realist school in international relations but it's this idea that whoever has the most military power is going to use it to take shit and, you know, harm whoever is threatening them or, like, isn't threatening them. But, like, it's just basically, like, kill or be killed and whoever has the most power will do with that power whatever they want. And, like, the fact that there have been these aliens or, you know, whatever these are, around with technology that has like lapped us by centuries and they haven't like attacked us or like done it tried to take our resources like makes me think that it also like there's something powerfully undermining about the whole like military industrial complex like what what the philosophy that that whole military industrial complex rests on that they don't want out there the idea that like a more advanced, more technologically advanced civilization wouldn't treat you like that, would would just kind of sit there and chill and not try and take over your country.
4: That's a good point. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's more of like a, they're like, you know, let me see that. I don't, like, if there's like a crazy case that happens and they descend on it, they're gonna tell that guy that, you know, we're gonna say that you were drinking on the job if you. Keep talking about this because they're like, give it over here. We want to see it first and figure out what it is ourselves and then determine what we should do with this. You know, just out of like maybe even some good intentions in there, but trying to figure out what's going on so that they can have an answer for anybody or anything. Hopefully, you know, eventually delivering a message that's actually makes sense of anything. But I think that there's just been too many mixed pieces over the years that don't fully connect to each other. And I'm sure people have died with information that was important because of the taboo of everything. And yeah, I think the fear of aliens coming to earth and harming us is a silly one because we're assuming that we're so important that they would need to do that. I think that if you become that advanced, like I did an analogy in like later in the series about how we're just like a little anthill in the, in the forest and how often do you go walk in the forest and talk to an anthill? You don't care about it. You're not going to step on it. You're not going to ruin it unless you're an asshole. You're just going to kind of let it be there. You're just going to like, Oh, there they are. (laughs) There's the little queen or whatever. And yep, that's it. You might
3: send some scientists to study
4: it, but, sure exactly it. yeah, yeah. we there st- to be like <laughs> we got to kick that shit over <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that's
3: kind yeah. of the idea that it, it's funny you have a bunch of quotes from presidents in a row and Oops. like carter actually jimmy carter had an experience with a ufo where he like saw some lights in the sky and he's like i could never fully explain it obama was just like you know talking about how there are things that we've seen in the sky that we can't fully explain and then reagan was like talking about it as a threat that could like bring everybody together and like that that's the dangerous idea that i could see the american military industrial complex eventually seizing on to is that we need to really step up the funding to our military more than you know it's already like such a massive portion of the revenue and just everything that happens and in the country for the past hundred years, but like he was marveling at it as like, God, could you imagine if we all got to fight a war with a threat from aliens?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is, Did he die before independence day came out? I don't know. Maybe him. just barely. Yeah. He's like, yeah. God ugh, only I could have been yeah. there for that. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, cause I feel like when the overarching thing, when talking about like UAPs and like these tic tacs and things like that, there's people who I think, like us, like Jack and I were like, that's fucking interesting. And I like that this is something we don't know about and we're trying to understand. Then like I've like even like people like who I'm friends with and I've talked to who are like into science and stuff. When I've talked about it, they're like, I don't know, man. It's probably some bullshit anyway. Like and some people are really they really want to maybe preserve this like sense that like we know everything already. Yeah. but we're, we're, how, What do you sort of feel like this sort of. Forces at play are, you know, at work when like discussing these things because you're, you know, you are, you're, you're, you're an intuitive person. You are in- interested by it. You begin investigating. While other people might say there's nothing. There, it's not even worth looking at. What like where do where like I guess societally where are we going to? What can we move towards where it maybe e- is easier to just say that is worth talking about. Doesn't necessarily have to mean that the fucking aliens are coming just like the movies. <laughs> But, like, but shit, like, we might have to humble ourselves as human beings to say, yeah, there is there's something we don't fucking know.
4: I think, uh, I mean, one, not everyone is extremely open-minded. I think we've figured that out. Right. I think for a lot of people, it doesn't fit very well into their belief systems or, you know, they understand their life and the world in this way, and this would put a real big cog in that. If you had to factor in that, hey, there's also like a thousand other life forms out there that are more advanced than us, that that just exists. Nothing changes here, but that's, that's a thing that's real. And I think that science at this point legitimately supports the idea of extraterrestrial life. The universe is too big the combination of things that had to happen in our solar system for earth to flourish that has to have happened somewhere else it would be more of an anomaly if we were the only ones that right. could assuming that there's not a life form that doesn't need the exact things we need to survive i think for some people it's easier to dismiss it because it's not they're not comfortable thinking about it they're not going to say they're not going to come out right and say that but i think there's a little bit of fear there but there's a there's a healthier conversation to be had about the possibility of us not being alone and that being more likely than not and it shouldn't scare you that much and i think that if you're being closed-minded about it and assuming that we know everything already i mean shit we used to smoke cigarettes on airplanes like. <laughs> Not that long ago. Like, I, I'm pretty right. sure we're still flying in some of those planes.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I was you just an old like,
4: we just thought that was planes. like all good.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Now you get arrested, and like, you know, a federal officer takes you, you know, to some crazy bunker jail in an airport if you light a cig. Yeah.
1: Right. I'm still learning. You know what I mean?
3: I still open every flight by asking the flight attendant if it's cool if I smoke in here just to. Just a yeah, sure.
1: fun yeah. bit. I, I mean, I was on a plane recently. Like, it was an old MD10, and it had the fucking ashtrays like in the fucking. Armor the, still, I,
3: I think they still have the ashtrays. Like, they have all those non-smoking signs, and then they like have one of the signs on an ashtray in the bathroom. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're sending those mixed messages here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, it's a really cool show. It's called High Strange. Everybody should go check it out. Three of the. Uh, Free episodes are out. Eight of them are out on uh, Tenderfoot Plus on Apple Podcasts. The, it's is it eight or ten episodes? How many? It's eight, eight episodes. Yeah. So go check it out. It's you, you'll learn a lot and yeah, hopefully have your mind opened if it's not open already. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some news.
0: happy pride from tomboy x we just dropped our pride 24 collection queer founded queer run and creating size and gender inclusive underwear swimwear and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin visit tomboyx.com to shop
1: you like to watch new stuff right Gang? i know i do well go to hulu and see what's new because hulu has new stuff all the time like vanderpump villa the new docudrama starring lisa vanderpump
0: And
3: we're back. And so, what's it? What's happening with the abortion drug?
1: Oh man! So seeing headlines, I haven't followed it. Gavin Newsom stockpiling, you know, drugs. Or we hear about mifepristone, uh, essentially being banned nationwide because a judge in Texas was like, "Yeah, I think I'm saying I agree with the anti-choice activists that uh, I talk to a lot, and I'm gonna say that this was a bad FDA regulation." Uh, it was hastily approved. Therefore, it is banned. This guy's court, Judge Kazmarek, is like where progress has come to die over the recent years. He has like this like lone court, like in Amarillo, where it's like one of those places where if you are an act like a right wing activist, you want to go to this judge to get a decision that you could then appeal all the way up to the Supreme Court. So like, you know, rolling back like rights for transgender workers, only many workers in general, like the Remain in Mexico, like immigration policy he kept that in place. Um, But the important thing to point out here is that the judge is just regurgitating, again, bunk-ass anti-choice talking points, mainly the one about how pregnancy is not an illness or pregnancy is not a disease. Therefore, this drug, like this this subsection of FDA regulations to research illnesses or diseases, oh, now it's moot. Again, so like all these anti-choice people are saying that the FDA illegally approved Mifepristone through an accelerated drug review process known as Subpart H that only applies to, quote, new drugs for serious or life-threatening illness. And again, their logic, their sixth-grade gotcha logic, is: well, if pregnancy isn't an illness, then mifepristone shouldn't have been approved at all. Mm. Clearly, pregnancy can bring, if you want to get that into it, it clearly can bring about illness like preeclampsia or like postpartum depression and a myriad of other complications that go along with, yes, maybe the condition of being pregnant. But again, this is something that the FDA uses very fluidly because they're not being stupid about it. They're like, yeah, that's something that's going on with your health and would need to be addressed. Therefore, we we look at these drugs. But again, these hacks are using this like sixth grade logic to try and force like this very christian view of like the sanctity and like the divinity of being pregnant and the only person that's buying it apparently is the judge and naturally there's been all kinds of pushback on this ruling which will again will probably end up in front of the supreme court uh but one of the loudest voices has come from big pharma Somehow, hey our we're hero like, here on and we're the like, okay like feminist heroes big pharma go on what's going on there you see the problem with their th- whole thing is People fucking around with how the FDA approves new drugs is vital to them, their ability to make money. Okay, so when you go around tooling around with that shit, they don't take kindly to it. So that's why they're very concerned with developments. They've said that this kind of judicial interference, quote, creates uncertainty for the entire biopharma industry, adding regulatory uncertainty to the already inherently risky work of discovering and developing new medicines will likely have the effect of reducing incentives for investment endangering the innovation that characterizes yeah. our industry and I just think there's a lot of irony here because the last couple of years uh, the pharmaceutical industry has shifted their adoration onto the GOP when they saw that Joe Biden was going into office and there was the possibility of like a all three like like the whole thing being locked down by Biden and they're like they'd want to lower drug costs so they're like All right, give it to the Republicans. At least they know what to do about this kind of shit. But it's beginning to boomerang in the fact that they didn't realize that these senators that they're making it rain on are just going around and then confirming judges who are so like anti-choice that it's turning into, yeah, well, drugs are bad, too. Right. And now they're in a bit of a like, ah, then maybe we need to be more, I guess, just we do our due diligence when we throw piles of cash at senators and, and, and political parties
3: feel like they're they're going to be big fans of the no labels party you know pretty soon in the middle
1: yeah it's yeah it's it's, it's just again like you know without their money and like in the midterms who knows what would have happened in like 2018 if maybe the the senate balance could have changed even then but they've been at it for a minute sort of seeing that like okay democrats talk out loud about drug prices and we right. don't like that. So even we if they never like get around that. to it, the better bet is the people who are never talking about or drug prices, at least with the same kind of energy that yeah. Democrats would on the campaign trail.
3: Yeah, this is the whole genre of news story of people fucking around with the GOP and finding out that it's uh
1: it's not great. Right. Yeah, so leopards at ate my face. Uh, <laughs> it's like the shorthand for that. They're like, what? Yeah. My pet leopard ate my face. No way. <laughs> uh, yeah, what did you think? But Again, like, I think it goes to show how maybe like even from the unthink, like, you know, the not very analytical, like big pharma industry, not seeing how this would actually affect their business more so than just being like, well, they march to our beat and they're great corporate allies. We like that without seeing that the ideology itself is going after things like medical contraception and shit like that. Right. And that is absolutely, you know, something that they're all like, we make a lot of cash on that because this is a very widely used drug. And so please don't be confused. They're not here. They're not they're not caping for this drug because they believe it's a person's choice. It's just that this this could
3: fuck up business pretty bad for them. Fuck up the money.
1: But I don't again, I'm not I'm not also sure that this would fuck up the relationship between big pharma and the Republicans either. I think they're just going to be like, hey, 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 we got to talk before you guys confirm these people. Because yeah. we don't like this. We don't like what happened here.
3: Put their boot on this guy some some behind the scenes in some way, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Payne Lindsay, pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Yes. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff?
4: Uh you can follow the new show High Strange wherever you get your podcasts, TikTok, Instagram at High Strange, and you can follow me, TikTok, Instagram at Payne Lindsay.
3: Nice. And is there a tweet or work of media that you've been enjoying? I, so I
4: picked this one that I had saved recently. It's uh, Donald Glover's GQ cover video. They mm. do like a little 30-second like video on Instagram of like a, you know, I guess behind the scenes of his GQ shoot. And he just looks so damn cool. Like he's <laughs> walking around picking oranges. You know, lush green, you know, trees everywhere. Like this dapper, hipster farmer dude <laughs> from the '70s with gold chains and sitting on a horse with no saddle. It's like, damn, this guy's fucking cool. <laughs> and uh, so I've watched that a few times and tried to,
3: you know, life goals figure out where
4: to get my next outfit from.
1: Yeah, you need a you need a nice orange beanie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's like he's rocking <laughs> yeah. in that video.
3: Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying?
1: Uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Find Jack and I talking about the NBA on our basketball podcast. Miles and Jack got heating mad. Up. Boosties. It's. The NBA I, I'm not joking. Heating I, up. I bit my nails off during that Lakers game.
4: Damn.
1: And it's so funny because we were just talking on mad boosties. Like I was going in full chest confidence, even though the game hadn't been played. I'm like, it'll, it'll be all right. I don't have to re-record this and woof uh, i went tough. in with
3: my full chest saying the lakers never really seem to wait in the big games where you're like they're going to they're going to beat these guys by 30 that never seems to happen no so. they
1: beat yeah. them by like like 6 i think barely yeah. in overtime but anyway uh, find us there. Also, find me on Four Twenty Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra. And uh, I don't, I don't have a tweet that I've, I've, I've not, I've, I've not crossed paths with a tweet that I'm enjoying recently. So I'm, I, I'm again uh, abstaining from yeah. mentioning something. I've, I haven't, haven't been doing my, my, my putting in a shift on Twitter these days.
3: Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are fleeing Twitter. Like, the, it's
1: not again. It's, it's to do with like my kid being born and going like for fucking six weeks straight. Or like yeah. it, Twitter was the blast thing on my fucking mind Yeah, that like it kind of, you know, it's like, it's sort of like what they say about like when you eat stuff, like your body wants what's in your blood. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that to you. So when I, I don't know, like I just, I guess I weaned off Twitter to the point where like I barely look at it now, but also I miss out on some of the funny tweets. But now I just look at this little boy smile.
3: That's my tweet. (laughs) You need to get your fucking priorities straight, man. I know, I know, Unacceptable.
1: I know, I know. My notifications are a mess right now.
3: Tweet I've been enjoying. This is what you're missing out on, Miles. Okay, good, good, good. John Hendren, at fart, tweeted, imagining a reality where you get a little military pin every time you have insane diarrhea and then showing up to parties decorated like Muammar Gaddafi. (laughs) So, like, you could be experiencing that level of commentary. Ah, insight. I needed that.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> you would think I was fucking, yeah. Oh, my God. I would love to see what kind of ribbons you would have seen on my, on my uniform. that would be got a got decorated whole salad. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, Daily where we post our episodes. And our footnotes Footnotes. will link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song. We think you might enjoy. Hey, Miles, what's a song that you think people might enjoy?
1: Oh man, I, I just—it's just it. so funny. <laughs> just valor, just <laughs> diarrhea-based valor awards. I would be the Audie Murphy of diarrhea-based fucking you know awards uh, for for my World War II bucks. And
3: someone with really good digestive health, but they have stolen valor. They're like, no, no, no,
1: I yeah, yeah. I would be like, yo, this guy don't have diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> and They're like, boo! <laughs> All right, um, what's my what's the song that I want to go out on? Uh, you know what? I was actually just I was listening to the Police. Uh, also, I'm, unfortunately, ACAB does include the band the Police. They in do, case people, yeah. yeah. Um, but an official ruling. There's yeah, I think it. I think we know that. But ugh, man, I was just listening to Bring On The Night, and Andy Summers' guitar playing in that is like it's hypnotic to me. I like mm. it's one of those Police songs. Yeah, people like it, but. His, like, before it gets to the reggae part, the way he's finger-picking, I -hmm. love that. Andy Summers is a fantastic guitar player. Stuart Copeland, fantastic drummer. And Sting, we already know he's getting 5K a day from Puff Daddy. But, yeah, so I'm I'm taking it back, y'all. This is uh, Bring On The Night by The Police. Wow. All right. Uh, we'll link off to that in the footnotes.
3: The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer-founded, queer-run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com.
3: Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get.